miracles do happen. And Laura Barajas is living proof. I say I am a walking miracle after all I've been through. Laura is a donor recipient who is currently on the waiting list. She's also a valued spokesperson for Gift of Hope. I'm Marian Shuck, your host for Let's Talk Hope. We're sharing some of our favorite episodes from our first year of the podcast, Let's Talk Hope. And just so you know, we're busy planning new powerful episodes that we'll begin sharing in March. And remember, all of our episodes are available wherever you listen to podcasts. Laura, can you delve into your first encounter with the donation world? At the age of nine, I was taking karate classes and in a tournament, I was hit in my pancreas, which caused pancreatitis. I I really don't know the exact date from when that happened to the day that I landed in the hospital with severe stomach pain and vomiting blood, but it was caused by the the kick that I received in, in the tournament from karate class. I became diabetic from that and that the diabetes is what has caused all my issues nowadays. I was then diagnosed with neuropathy on my legs. When I was diagnosed with that, my kidneys started giving up. They stopped uh, functioning. So that's when they, the doctor told me that I, I was going to need a kidney transplant. At that time, I had my brother, who was uh, three years younger than, than myself. Uh, he said he would donate. He had came from the Marines at that time. He was a Marine and we did the transplant, but unfortunately he was robbed and and shot. So he died December 25th of the same year that we had the transplant that like I, like I mentioned, that did take a, a big toll on my family and myself. And so even though I was already on the list again for a pancreas, I was taken off the list for about a year. And then I was on medications after the doctor thought that I I was doing better. They put me back on the list. So I had the pancreas transplant February of 2011. It took me about a whole year for me to feel better and recuperate because since I had the kidney, well, it was, it was a little bit harder to, for my body to accept the pancreas and, and the kidney was kind of rejecting the pancreas. So it took me... I I don't know, maybe about nine to 12 months to feel better and do my own thing. After that, this is when I I really got involved with Gift of Hope and started doing more events. We were doing events back to back. We were educating many Hispanics on what donation was. We registered thousands of people at all these events we did. I also, at that time, decided that I wanted to open up an organization under my brother's name to help other people that needed a transplant. So what my brother's fund was going to do was raise money for people who needed a transplant, but let's say their donor was out in California. What the fund would do, it would cover the travel expenses, the hotel, and the food for the donor while he was doing the donation. Unfortunately, I had to stop because after eight years, I caught pneumonia and my body rejected both of the organs. I was in the hospital for a little bit over a month when my body was having the rejection. After, you know, I felt a little better, I came home and I remember one night not being able to breathe. So they rushed me to the hospital 
and they said that I needed dialysis at that time. I was uh, super swollen and I was having trouble breathing. So they put me on dialysis basically that same night up to today. I've been on dialysis. Now I'm going on four years on dialysis. It's been a long road for me, <laughs> but I, I pray every day and I am so thankful that I am here. I, I say I am a, a walking miracle after all I've been through while doing all the tests to be updated for the transplant list. They discovered I had seven clogged arteries in my heart. They removed three veins from my right leg to fix my heart. So I had open heart surgery two years ago and thankfully it went well. You know, I continue to do what I could do, supporting Gift of Hope and telling friends about organ donation. Basically where I'm at right now is waiting on the list. It's been a long road, but you know, like I said, I, I am a walking miracle and, and I am so grateful and I, I feel so blessed. And we're waiting for a donor soon. I'm thinking this This is my year for my donor. <laughs> well, we certainly hope so. First, we want to say we're sorry about the loss of your brother. And we thank him for his service. Do you remember what it felt like when you found out your brother was going to donate his kidney to you? It took a big load off of me. This was my first time ever learning about transplantation. I, I had no idea what it was. I think I, I was so uneducated. I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was the worst thing that I, I was going to go through, but it wasn't. It's actually, you're, you're giving a person the second opportunity to live and it's a miracle. So Laura, what does it mean for you to be part of a donor family while also being a recipient and currently waiting for a transplant? I think it's, it's a blessing that at that time, I didn't have to wait and my brother took the step to come forward and say, you know what, don't worry about it. I, I got your back and we're going to do this together. I feel very honored because he was a Marine, because he gave me a, another opportunity and it's just a blessing. You had talked about the work you do in the Hispanic community to promote donation. Can you elaborate more on some of the efforts you've done and also the importance of doing work specifically targeted in the Hispanic community? Yes, we, at that time, I was with Raisa Mendoza. We did many events wherever we, we could get an opportunity, which was events at hospitals. We would even go to carnivals, festivals, churches, you know, wherever we saw an opportunity, we would be there. It was a beautiful experience. And I feel proud that we educated many Hispanic people that, you know, they were scared. They had different myths of what it is uh, being an organ donor. We register so many people. Laura, as you know, I am constantly working with myths and misconceptions surrounding organ donation. And education is definitely key. You said that when you first were about to get your transplant, you thought it was the worst thing in the world. What myths did you have to overcome to be in the positive mindset that you have now? In the Hispanic community, I think there's many myths. And I think one of them is that people do not register because they assume that if they have a car accident, the ambulance is going to see their driver's license and say, okay, he's an organ donor, so let's not save his life. That's like number one myth that they have. 
and you need to explain to them that there's doctors that need to save your life. That's what they go to school for, to save people's lives. Thinking that way is obviously the wrong way to think because that is not true. Other people uh, mentioned many times that talking about, I guess, religion, where they said that if they come in one body, they have to go back in one body, one, one spirit. So you need to let them know how they can have an open coffin if something like that were to happen. Laura, you've been a recipient. Now you're back on dialysis. Can you just help the audience understand what it was like to be a recipient and free from dialysis? And now what it's like to be on dialysis again, and what are your hopes for a new kidney and a new pancreas? I feel very, very blessed. I can't explain to you how blessed I am. I believe that I still have many things to do with Gift of Hope. It was a toll taken off of me. A big load was taken off of me when I was transplanted. And for eight years, I was doing so good. Unfortunately, I caught pneumonia and I ended up in the hospital and the rejection started. But I can say that now, I think everyone always has a good day and a bad day. But when we try to make it a good day, even though we're going through through the worst, that's what helps us move on. Dialysis is hard. It, it drains you. It gets you super tired. But I am thankful that, you know, that I can at least have dialysis now and be able to walk, to breathe, to continue educating people for this cause. And I think that this year is my year and I will be back to full time at Gift of Hope because I love it. I enjoy it. I I love speaking to people and changing their thoughts, what it is, organ donation. And Laura, I just want to personally thank you. As I've worked with you at Gift of Hope for the past five years, you've been a wonderful volunteer for us. And now having someone who is walking the walk and talking the talk is so important. As you've mentioned to our collective communities, what has been your reception in the Hispanic community as you've been talking about your experience when educating others about the importance of registering? You know, I am always talking and my conversations, even sometimes when I'm in the hospital or at the clinic waiting, you'll see me talking to the patient next to me. And somehow we always end up talking about organ donation. I, I am always pushing, uh, no matter where I am or what the conversation is about, I am always pushing organ donation. So somehow we always end up talking about how important it is to be an organ donor. Laura, currently there are more than 100,000 people on the national waiting list for a life-saving organ transplant. Can you give us some perspective about what it feels like to be waiting for an organ? And what would you say to people who maybe aren't registered to encourage them to register? Well, I think they can save, give someone else the opportunity that they're waiting for a second chance of life. There's no words to thanking someone who takes a step to saving your life. There's no money that can pay for that. There's no words that you can say to thank the person. I mean, you're, you're just grateful for the rest of your life and you're blessed every day and taking it day by day and doing the best you can. I know right now with what everyone is going through the pandemic, it was so hard to make changes, whether it was working from home or whether it was looking for something else because you lost your job. There's always going to be obstacles, but if we look for the positives, 
you'll always find a positive and that little positive is going to make your day the best and it's going to motivate you to keep going. I think that's a really great note to leave everyone with. Positivity is key. And it sounds like through everything that you've been going through, you're staying positive. And at Gift of Hope, we're here for you and to support you. Thank you so much for your time today and enlightening us about your story, telling us about your brother and your experience on the waiting list. We really appreciate everything that you've shared with us today. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Hope. We encourage you to start the conversation about organ and tissue donation with your loved ones and to make your wishes known. You can register to become a donor on giftofhope.org or by texting HOPE to 51555. Hello, Tina Montgomery, Supervisor for Community Outreach. In my role, I'm responsible for raising awareness and educating the community about organ, eye, and tissue donation. Daily, I'm asked a host of questions about the donation process and how it works. So we've decided to put them all on a wheel and give it a spin and answer some questions from the audience. Oh, the wheel is spinning. That's a really good one. Here we go. Question one. Will donation disfigure my loved one's body after death? The answer to that question is, when you donate your organs and tissue, it is done with the utmost care, dignity, and respect. The body is never disfigured and donation does not delay any funeral arrangements. Thank you all so much for those questions. This is a huge wheel and so we have a lot of information to share with you about donation facts. So please, we look forward to seeing you at the next episode. If you like what you've heard today, we hope that you will listen again wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Let's Talk Hope was produced by Rivet. And if you'd like to hear more great podcasts, please visit rivet360.com.